Welcome to the next chapter of As the Story Grows, I'm Brian Patton. Today, I'm excited to share my chat with Jonah Matrega. Between far and one-line drawing, I've been a fan of Jonah's work for a long time, and it was an absolute delight to have Jonah on the podcast. One-line drawing's new record, Tender Wild, is out today on Iodine Records. I was so enamored with Tender Wild when I spoke with Jonah that the conversation revolves around Tender Wild and its themes. Jonah talks about connection through song and capturing the human experience, cancel culture, and covering pony. I'm so grateful that I got to have Jonah on the podcast. I hope everyone gives Tender Wild a real listen and finds something to connect with. And I hope you enjoy my chat with Jonah Montrega. Tender Wild love, I've been looking for you so long. Oh, oh, oh. running everywhere. A lot of come and go, a lot of too soft, too strong. Oh, oh, oh. I know we're both scared. But if you take a chance, I swear. What up, what up? Hey, Jonah, how's it going? Pretty good, man, you? Doing good, man. How you feeling? You know, one <laughs> moment at a time through this fucking maze. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, man? How you holding up? I'm good. I'm good. I got I got no complaints. Things have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> good, man. Good, good. Yeah. 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 Good to meet you. I feel like you popped up in my, like, Facebook is like you should be friends with people and like your name has popped up a bunch of times and yeah you so. stick around long enough you end up being connected to everybody don't you right yeah it's always wild you can we can definitely be friends <laughs> on Facebook it's really I, I think I that's what those things are for right I try to stay off of social media as much as possible now because yeah same here that shit same is toxic I, I got on Twitter the other day and I was all of a sudden I was ranting and I was like why am I doing this now I'm just mad <laughs> It's because it, that shit programs us to do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it sure uh, if they're as smart as I think they are for all that money, they are <laughs> definitely rigging it to get our little fight or flight going. Yeah, make yeah. us good consumers and good combatants. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Well, I'm stoked to talk to you. Um, yeah, this, this new record, it fucked me up um, <laughs> in like, in, in, in a, I don't, I, maybe a good way, but I was listening to it and, and from like, you know, uh, get a dog all the way through, like whether, whether it's been just like, I mean, everything for two to eight years or however long, yeah. it, I mean, longer <laughs> than that, but like, you know, no, I know, no, COVID, I know what you're saying though. COVID politics, like me getting Woo! sober, um, Oof. you know, just, just like fighting in my marriage, like for the, you know, to keep my marriage going, all these things, yeah. that, like the loss of my dad, like, the songs on this record just hit me and i was just like that thing i do where i like am playing video games and i put on a record to listen to it and i was like oh i'm gonna stop playing video games now and listen to this record and just like cry <laughs> yeah yeah so Man, like, it was the... very therapeutic it like that's why i love music is like you can connect with it yeah and just like yeah so much so it's phenomenal in that way <laughs> like i'm really really happy to hear that um it definitely I went through a lot writing and, and making the record for sure. As you say, the last several years in our immediate cultural environment has been 
a fucking wild ride. Yeah. Um, and music is the way I, I make it through that. Um, and honestly, the thing you said, like, I'm very happy to have the album. And I think it is a wonderful, I mean, it's in the sweetest way. Like it's a wonderful background album. Like it's a really mm -hmm. sweet sounding record. Um, it's, you know, Jeremy did an incredibly beautiful job mixing and recording yeah. it. Um, I adore it on, on a very superficial level. I'm very proud of it. And all of the music that I really love with my whole heart and the music that I, what I'm trying to do when I make mm -hmm. music is stuff that sure can be good and just in the environment and that's fine. But if I want to turn everything else off, yeah. I want there to be something in the songs I'm listening to. And those are the songs I tend to fall in love with. And that's what I'm trying to write. So just that little anecdote you just said about like you were playing video games and doing your thing. And I was like, yeah, now I'm going to shut this off and feel this shit. And yeah. then there's something to feel there. So yeah. I'm so happy that you feel it. Um, I really, I've been thinking a lot lately about how much music has gotten me through mm -hmm. um, and how much all I've ever really wanted to do is give someone else a little bit of support through whatever's going on. Um, and for me, that's not only feeling the sad shit and the difficult shit, you know, whatever that yeah. means, but also feeling the joyous, the stuff that's so happy and sweet that it's kind of hard to feel sometimes. And I think that's in some ways why we might go back into less pleasant feelings because the big, Sweet feelings. I know for me, my biggest fear is right when things are going great, mm -hmm. that's when the rug pull comes. And, uh, and I think that, you know, a lot of people share that for different reasons. And so anyway, I just really appreciate you saying that thing. Cause that is the thing I want to hear about my music and people's lives. So thank you. Yeah. Is that something that has changed as you've gotten older, like the way you approach songwriting, like more personal and connection or frustrated like like from the beginnings of far to now like do you feel like you've shifted with age it sounds strange but um i was just talking to someone else the other day about like the very 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 first songs are out in yeah. high school and um i'm pretty sure i mean i, I would like to think that my craft and and uh, my, you know, and just my humanity, my everything has yeah. gotten, you know, has grown, I've matured, I've, you know, I, I like to change, I like to keep it fresh and do a thing. And I think I've been writing about the same fucking thing from the same fucking place <laughs> since I was 14. Um, I, I, the first song I can remember writing uh, was called, that, that really like stuck with me was called Communication. Um, and another one that I really remember from back in the day was called Get It Off Your Back. And so I think even from then, I was really trying to write about this stuff. And um, I would say, I would say I went through a pretty typical thing where, <clears throat> uh, you know, let's call it the U2 era of music. Mm -hmm. And I adore U2. I really grew up on them. They're in my DNA. So, um, but also they, they, for better or for worse, I think, uh, you know, and I would say maybe maybe Dylan is the very first one of this, um, of just sort of people that made a young songwriter believe that I could write about, you know, racism and 
fucking, you know, like just like write about the ills of the world and, and make a change. And, um, and I love that. Um, yeah. And I've always had a thing of like, if I'm going to try writing about something really intense, sociopolitically, the more heavy it is, the better the tune has to be. Like, I really don't like when someone writes a song about AIDS and they're like, it's, it's good because it's about AIDS. It's like, well, no, it's, it's actually a terrible song about a terrible thing. And so nothing really happened. Um, so I really try to do good things and I'm not afraid of that stuff. Yeah. And as I've grown up more and more, I just, it's almost like I keep coming back to the personal part. I keep remembering that the best thing I could possibly do is tell my story. Yeah. And if my story happens to involve my thoughts on systemic racism or, or male supremacy or homophobia or what, you know, whatever the things are, the hot button issues yeah. are, then cool. Like, good, because everyone should talk about these things. Uh, we should figure this shit out because it's yeah. terrible. Um, and it's been part of why our last several years as a country has been so horrific and as a world. Um, but it does, I really do believe that it starts and ends with the personal. And mm -hmm. so... I would say perhaps this record was a refocusing on that precisely because there was so much just insanity sociopolitically surrounding me. Um, mm -hmm. It was very, I did a lot of fighting on the internet um, <laughs> and I then realized I was kind of being programmed and led on and kind of used um, and it's not that what I was saying wasn't worthwhile or just or whatever, but it was really preying on my worst impulses yeah. of judgment and control and uh, condescension and just anger and just hatred of humanity and all the things. And, and at some point, I just really kind of, I, I almost really am thankful for the last several years, uh, and especially COVID, for just reminding me, all I really get to do is take care of myself. That's mm -hmm. it. Like it's all I'm in control of and whatever that leads to beautiful. And so I think this record was that was me being entirely overwhelmed. Um, I mean, as you say, it was starting with get a dog. So I was falling in love. Um, so the album is sort of about this tumble into kind of bliss. And then this, this, uh, yeah, these kind of chaotic, intense thoughts that kind of came up in the middle of the record gets into some pretty dense territory around trying to figure out who I am in the world. Um, and then it comes out the other side with a real sweetness about frailty uh, and and just that I'm just this like, little creature running around on the world. And, and maybe I, I would think a, a, a deeper appreciation of the subtleties and intricacies of love, whether that's a romantic love or a self-love or mm -hmm. or a agape global love um so yeah it's uh you know long answer to your question but it it really i think i've always been music has always been an intensely pure personal therapeutic thing for me and i've tried to do different things with it over the years but if anything this album is a return to the knowledge that all i get to do is tell my story and the more personally and the more bravely i tell my mm -hmm. story here's the neat part I think the more universal it becomes. Um, so this is maybe my most personal record ever in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I also think perhaps my most universal, um, yeah. uh, you know, and that's not like a good or a bad thing. Like I'm so awesome, but just in terms of how I see it. Um, so, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really a cool record where like, yeah, get a dog and tender wild. Like I'm like, Oh, these are like beautiful love songs that I want to put on a mixtape for my wife. Yes. And and, and then we get to like, don't give up. And it's like that. What's the line in there? I think it's that song. It's like some people are missing their kids. Some people are missing their dad and like somebody's sick and somebody's sad or they're missing their kids or they're missing their dad. And someone's getting beat up just for being who they've been since they were born. So don't give up. Yeah. Like that, that line, because I've lost my dad in, 2019 it was like it just struck me and i just like bawled and then like i'm just like i want to share this song with everybody i know because like this is a hug for people like yeah like yes it's just like everybody listen to this song and just like feel something uh yes one million percent um and i i lost my dad when a long time ago now and if if there's anything again covid has reminded us of is that time what is mm-hmm. even time like it right. and so some days it feels like a long time ago and i feel totally at peace with my dad being gone and sometimes it feels like i just got the call you know yeah. it, it mm-hmm. just um and a, a thing i've tried to live by over the past bunch of years is rather than i don't know if you know this feeling but like that exasperate exasperated like if you know if kind of the world's coming down on me or someone's coming at me and i, I say something like to the effect of uh, or think or feel something of, of something like uh you have no idea what i've been through mm-hmm. and and all of a sudden it occurred to me a little while back that if i approach the world and meet every human being that i'm meeting with the inverse of that phrase I have no idea what you've been through. Mm-hmm. Then I become a softer person. I become a more tender person, tender, wild, as it were. Um, and don't give up is definitely me. And that line in particular that you, that you picked out, that's me definitely trying to sink into this, no matter what's going on for me and how difficult it might feel and how unfair it might feel and how, Someone else is going through shit too. Mm-hmm. And we're all going through this shit together. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. Um, and so again, I love you. You're yeah. I love that you picked out that part. That's a very important part of that song for me. And, and in some ways, one of the hearts of the record is that little stretch of that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quiet, please, so we can fix this world before it shatters. We gotta figure this out. Will you make it all that noise? Then we won't. Cause somebody's sick and somebody's sad, or they're missing their kid, or they're missing their dad. And someone's getting beat up just for being who they've been since they were born. Just for being who they've been since they were born. Don't give up Anyone who's out here with me Sing it to each other softly You have Don't such a expansive up. career, but you, this record is so good that I just... Uh, yeah, all, all of I, it. I'm so I mean. happy to hear that. After all these years, uh, that's all I want to do is make records that Again, for someone who's fresh to it, great. It's just like a sweet little pop record. And then if you want to dig in and get to know me, I promise there's going to be some shit there. Um, and for the people who've been hanging out forever, 
uh, I absolutely like in some ways, this is a comfort food album. You know, this yeah. is really, there's some shit that sounds a little like far, some shit sounds like new and a little like gratitude, a little like my solo, like weird, little quiet, lo-fi. Like there's, it's all over the place. And it's a real kind of almost overview. And also I think it's entirely new and fresh and interesting yeah. and kind of like no record I've made. And um, I, I, I hope that's true for the listeners. Um, and I don't go into it. Oh, I'm really trying to just please myself, like just to be real. But it's nice when people can, especially people who've been around a minute, can go, oh, like my old buddy, you know, and <laughs> like we're getting on, we're being new people. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but the other song I'm going to ask about here is Hell of a Year. Were you worried <clears throat> about um, either kind of putting this song in a frame of time? with the reference to like, yep, you know, Maga. Maga, yeah, or, yeah. Um, which, which is a hundred percent truthful. <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, or were you afraid like, man, I might alienate some fans if I say this, or you're just like, fuck it. I have to get this off my chest. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I love this. Um, a couple things come to mind. One, I think I want to talk about cancel culture for a second okay. because uh, there's this, there tends to be basically most of the people crying about cancel culture, as far as I can tell, are very powerful, entitled people who have gotten away with it for a long fucking time. Mm -hmm. And in fact, been really basically bullies in one way or another. And now that there's kind of an equalizing force called people getting to speak up and share truth in an unfiltered way, ironically they're talking about their freedom of speech being curtailed and their rights being curtailed and their their uh their livelihoods being ruined and um you know it's there's a lot of subtlety a lot of things i'm not here to make any grand pronouncements but basically i consider people whining about cancel culture almost always to be people who have spent their life effectively canceling people uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> um and now i like are kind of not even getting a taste of their own medicine. They're just finally getting a consequence and they're just these spoiled little fucking babies that can't deal with it. And so they cry freedom of speech. So that's all to say that I've been speaking up about what I believe in for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> white supremacy, you know, misogyny, homophobia, like, uh, you know, the, these very empirically provable and easily observable systemic structures of oppression. And for that, I have lost untold amounts of money <laughs> and untold fans and I'm like I've been sort of like canceling for anyone anyone who's ever tried to be an activist in this world who's ever tried to speak up around systemic oppression understands that it, it no one really wants to hear it generally speaking yeah. it quiets a party people don't really want to talk about it it's kind of too heavy for most people and shit if you're a fucking entertainer god forbid you have an opinion. And so I think there's, that's the other idea about cancel culture is that a lot of people have been being canceled for a long fucking time just for trying to like talk about yeah. shit that again, I think would benefit all of us. If we all, if we could like do away with white supremacy, what a lot of people that are super psyched on its machinations don't get is that like, I'd be better off as a white guy. I'd be better off <laughs> if fucking misogyny and white supremacy were gone. Yes, I'd have a little less privilege, a little less in time, a little less whatever, but I'd be in a better world in, yeah. in every way. Uh, and, and I'm not even going to go down into the weeds, but so <laughs> uh, 
it really, so Helavir brings that up is that it was a very strident. And I, I was like, in that second verse, I was like, and I had a few people tell me, that's you know, a little too political. I don't want it to get so political there. Like, I like that song, but why do you get political? <laughs> the, the political is the personal to me. The personal yeah. is the political. There is no difference. There never has been. Listen to me if you want. Have whatever opinion about me you want. I'm totally down. Like, it's okay. But I accept the consequences of my speech yeah. and my actions. And so if I say a thing that people don't want to hear and they shut the album off and decide that I'm a dick, like, cool. Like, yeah. I just like, but if I'm speaking something that feels true for me and that I've really thought about, then I'll live and die by that. And I wish all these motherfuckers that are like scared about being canceled, like, say what you want to say. If you want to say what you want to say about black people, trans people, women, gay people, like, I don't like, good, say it. Yeah. And then accept the fucking consequences. Um, cause I've been accepting consequences for years. It's one of the reasons that I don't have more money and more success. Like, and I will live and die on that Hill cause I've seen countless fans turn away over the years and that's okay with me. I swear it's okay. Like I just want to be the human that I am and whoever wants to hang out gets to hang out. And as in terms of being very specific about it, um, you know, I had anger as a weaponized virus. I had kind of some different takes on that lyric. Sorry about the ding. Um, I had some different takes on that lyric um, over the years, uh, you know, as I was writing the song, um, and especially as, you know, as sort of the, the immediate existential threat of Trump faded um, and sort of, you know, life got back to normal, which is to me one of the most dangerous ways. It's like that's when we slip back into complacency. Um, so I knew that that line would, would set it in a time and place. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I decided, A, it's the line I wrote. And so I'm, I'm sticking with it. It's still the one that kind of gets to me. And B, I want this time to be marked. Yeah. Like, it's just like when I'm in, <laughs> just to, you know, do the most obvious thing. When I'm in Germany and like Germans don't want to hear about the Holocaust anymore. Like, I'm like, I get you. And I'm not trying to do it to be mean to you. I'm doing it because it's a very recent car accident historically. And we get to examine the accident and what happened. And that's the way we learn. That's the way I learn. Like when I fuck up is I go back and I go like, okay, what happened when, when did I lose my temper? Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. And then I try and learn. And so I want this time in history to be marked. We, may well be still sliding like our democracy might be dying um and it certainly took some hits over the past bunch of years i mean we're having hearings right now about people rioting and storming our fucking capital uh i mean it we don't have anything in this country to reference historically in the recent past and that's why i think it's important to talk about it um, yeah. But again, I know that not everyone does. It's, right. it's okay with me. So I did leave that in. Um, and I, I will reference a dude, a dude, a sort of a problematic dude in, in himself, a guy called Moby, who's, you know, kind of a weirdo. And he's whoever he is. He's a human being doing his thing. <laughs> but he used to write these liner notes, these incredibly strident political liner notes to his albums uh, about veganism, about, you know, whatever he was on his yeah. mind. And when, when I met him, uh, he actually came to the studio when we were making water and solutions and I was happy to meet him and uh, cause he kind of inspired me in different ways. Um, 
uh, I liked the way he did his art and he did his liner notes. Um, and I asked him, I said, so what do you, basically your question, like, how do you feel about those liner notes? Like, how do you feel about albums a few years later after you wrote them? And he's like, you know, I just try and write what's on my mind and on my heart and like, what's the truth to me? Because then I get to look back on it. Whether I look back and I think, wow, that was really dumbass then, or <laughs> like, I still believe that or whatever, I get to know the truth. And I, I, I really, I'm the same way as a human. I want to try and tell the truth, my best, not truth through the capital T, my truth as best I can. And then again, I'll deal with the consequences. If later I look back and I'm like, oh, that was a jackass thing to say, then good. Then there it is. You know, and I get to learn. So yeah, that hell of a year verse was, I thought about it a lot. Um, it came out in a really, uh, uh, I remember the days I was writing that song and it came out really quickly and really desperately and grief stricken. And, um, and I back it, I fucking yeah. back it, you know, I mean, as it turns out, MAGA isn't going anywhere, you know, like, because MAGA, it really just is a new word for the clan. Like it's not, yeah, it, yeah, this isn't, it's not something new. There's nothing happening really that's different. It's still the same divide and conquer strategies, you know, and, and just like the clan were just an arm of power that tried to, and succeeded in weaponizing identity. Um, you know, that's where we're at now too. The same thing's happening. It's not, I'm a big history repeats person and yeah. learning from this. So, Anyway, yes, that song is very much about that. And thank you for asking about it because it brought up all those thoughts. So thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. The, the insurrection is wild to me because like I have a former coworker who's a Capitol Hill reporter now and he was there when it was happening like live uh, tweeting and he uh, just like him being like scared shitless and I'm just like following along him and I'm like, what the, and people were like, is, was it that bad? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like it was bad. <laughs> No, I mean, our, as far as I can tell, our far right is a literally aligned with Russia at this point. Yeah. And without even trying to get into geopolitical, whatever, whatever, I just, the irony is so deep that Reagan, who I think is the political figure whose rhetoric really kicked off the, like the 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 monstrosity between Reagan and Atwater in the 80s and their weaponization of whiteness and blackness and sort of the war on drugs and the, you know fuck it whatever lots of lots of things the things that Reagan put in place are led to where we are now and what's so deeply ironic is that Reagan was he was the guy who ended the Cold War I mean that's yeah. his kind of claim to fame was mm -hmm. was facing down the axis of evil and at this point literally his same political party is now on the side of like, it's, 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 it's wild it's we're we are in some strange ass times there's just Definitely. no way around it yeah yeah Let me ask you a fun question now. Let's, let's please. Look at this. These, um, these are all fun, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when Far returned, what led to the decision to cover Pony? Yeah, man, just joy. Um, yeah. We had played 
often we play. So, okay. We would make little mixes before we go on. I think a lot of bands do this. Um, you know, cool, like vibey mixes that both put us in a cool mood and ready to rock, but also hopefully kind of loosened up the crowd a little bit, kind of like a little opening act within the, the stuff you're playing over the sound system. Um, for anyone who's listening basically, and just the mood of it and pony, you know, is an eternal fucking jam. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> bow, 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 bow. I mean, it just, yeah, you yeah. know, it hits and you're over. It's just yeah, done. Yeah. Um, and so I just like a bulletproof song, but so long story short, uh, we, <laughs> at some point way back in the day, you know, as in late nineties, <laughs> are someone on tour with us, our, our, the guy, Jeff Gross, uh, this guy was running around, a friend of ours was running around photographing us and just being a rad dude hanging out on tour. At some point, had some little joke about a band called Hot Little Pony or something. Um, or he used that phrase. And we just, it just became one of those tour inside mm -hmm. jokes. So cut to when we're trying to um, figure out our fake band name to do some secret shows um, as we kind of like tiptoed into trying to get back together. Yeah. And we were like, oh man, we should totally call ourselves Hot Little Pony in honor of Jeff. Uh, and so that was our fake band name. And then we made a MySpace page for our fake band name. <laughs> um, and then a MySpace music player, RIP, um, I miss you. Um, we, we wanted pony themed songs. And so at first, John uh, put up I Dig a Pony, uh, but a MIDI version, like a little like, like Muzak version of I Dig a Pony by the yeah. Beatles. <laughs> um, in our MySpace player. And that was our little, my, you know, and so that was what we had on a page. And then we thought, nah, but we should have a song that's, that we did, that we performed. Um, and I just, I think it was me. I'll go ahead and take credit for it. Fuck it. Uh, it was like, Pony, what, let's, let's, let's do Pony. Um, and we all got into it. And then Sean, because Sean is a fucking sonic wizard and really likes things to sound amazing. Mm -hmm. He just went in and it wasn't, you know, I just kind of probably wanted to do like a little, like, let's throw up a pocket recorder and like bash our way through Pony and just like play this fun song that we've always loved. Um, but then it really turned into a thing. And then it completely blew up um, in ways that we <laughs> just know. Because of course, then we like set about making, you know, a far record, like a yeah, serious yeah. kind of weird, layered, interesting record. But then, meanwhile, this goofy-ass cover that we did on a whim for literally our MySpace music player for our fake band name... Is the biggest song on that record? Or is the biggest that song cycle, yeah. that I think will continue to be, for time immemorial, the most streamed far song <laughs> that, we, that will ever happen. I mean, unless something wild happens and one of the songs gets placed in a TV show or who right. knows what yeah. happens, I don't, under, I don't see, like, Mother Mary coming back, you know, mm -hmm. like... It's pony, like pony. <laughs> so I just, it's just a great lesson. I kind of learned this lesson with smile as well, honestly, where sometimes for whatever reason, the energetically, who knows what, but the silly joke tune ends up being the one that really, really connects. So I've now learned as an artist, if I'm feeling kind of jokey and just putting something out there, make sure again that I can live with it because... <laughs> Like it may well be the only thing anyone ever knows about me. Right, um, right. <laughs> so, you know, and that's one of those neat perception things. Cause of course so many, I'll just go and say it like just fucking terrible bands um, 
have done these ironic kind of, you know, soul, you know, like basically like white rock artists doing kind of like soul R and B black, mm -hmm. like whatever, um, tunes, uh, for comic effect. Um, and I, I just think it's hilarious that I've been aware of that trend. And I was so into just being a goofball with my buddies that and now like, like for all intents and purposes, like we're Ellie and Ant Farm, you know, like I just think that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Like, I just okay. think that's so like, just life is funny. Um, yeah. So I love that song. I back it. I sung it. And frankly, going into it, because I didn't want to be like a jokester, like I understand mm -hmm. I sounded silly singing the song. I do, I do understand that. But I love that fucking song. Yeah. And I love that vocal. And I love that production. I mean, Timbaland's production is just everything. So I love that. And I sung that song. I was as committed to singing that song as anything. And again, Sean is a big part of that because he demanded that I like do a fucking serious vocal to it. Um, and I'm so happy I did. Uh, I've had genuine thank me for <laughs> helping to resurrect his career. Literally. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, cause that song was pretty big at the time and he was nowhere at that time. And that song kind of upticking and, um, like literally he allowed him to do some shows and I, he invited me to a San Francisco show, uh, this weird little club thing and told me that. And so you just never know where yeah. these things are going to lead, where your ideas are going to lead. So it was just a total lark. I accept all consequences and blame and uh and i just love it so much Man, I, I swear you really led with, uh, I just feel so lucky when anyone, I mean, mm -hmm. but I suppose, especially someone who's trying to preserve things and, and promote things and yeah. like, and, uh, I feel so lucky when people hear an album in any way close to the way I heard it. Um, and where, where the music gets in their lives and it literally, if I, you know, when I'm daydreaming on my couch, thinking about like man, I really hope this song gets into some lives, you know, because I love it and it's really changed my life. And so I'm just so happy that you received what I was feeling as I was making this stuff. Um, and I guess I just hope for anyone listening that start wherever you start with Pony, start with this new album, start with something, you know, a bedroom demo I made in fucking 98, start with, you know, Far's first record, start wherever you want to start you're going to hopefully love a lot of what I do. You might hate some of it. You might not know what to make about a bunch of it, but the animal that I am loves making this shit. And this record more than anything else is just me being an animal doing what I love, which is making heartfelt, sincere, layered, personal tunes that hopefully I've done a good enough job at being personal that it becomes universal. Mm -hmm. um, that's my entire goal uh, as, a, as a human, as an artist. So I guess I'm just really 
thankful to you and um and happy for you and i'm really happy to hear that whatever the fuck you've been going through death and romance crazy and life crazy <laughs> i'm happy we're here man yeah. like i'm yeah. happy we're here i'm happy we get to take another breath um i just got over fucking covid you know like yeah like let's keep going uh so and i think that's what this record's about too like just to circle back to you know the beginning like don't give up um i uh thank you for everything man thank you i, I yeah. appreciate you taking the time to chat um well now you can great. say hi anytime now we're really friends so now yes say what's up on facebook say what's up on the gram um and where where do you live dc okay well hopefully <laughs> later this year uh uh i will get back to the east coast and uh oh, yeah. hopefully i'll get to see you but big love to you I hope and so, man. yeah man tr truly say hi anytime man like uh and i guess i'll give a shout out to the website not just to be whatever but because networks are great and i'm happy to be friends with anyone on the networks and the personal stuff for me is back at the site. So mm -hmm. say hi anytime in any way you want to, but go to the website and like, it's just for you and for anyone, you'll find a lot of different weird shit and you'll find a place away from the networks and away from it. That's a little quieter where you can remember just what it's like to just be pen pals, you know? Um, so anyway, thanks for everything. Thanks for listening to As the Story Grows. Our intro music was written and composed by Jeremy Hunt. The As the Story Grows theme is by Bob Nana. If you like what you hear, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a rating and review. If you'd like to support the show financially, you can join us at patreon.com slash as the story grows. Be a part of our community and join the ongoing conversation over on Discord. If you enjoy this episode, share it on social media with your friends. Much appreciated, and thanks for listening. I never felt so young and alive as when I'm diving into a tomb.